The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Spanning cultures and history, civilizations have sought to understand the cosmos, the meaning of life. To quote a talking head song, and you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Mountains have often served as locations where cultures believed deities to reside. There are two mountains in particular in Greek mythology which held prominence. Mount Olympus, where 12 deities supposedly resided and then Mount Parnassus in mainland Greece, which was attributed to Apollo and Dionysius. The world has often been fixated on the notion of humanity rising up to things sacred. Parnassus was known as the place of learning, particularly of music, poetry, and wisdom. Nearby, Parnassus, was the Castalian stream. It was to inspire those who drank from it 
to write poetry. Throughout time, cultures have tried to understand how to live sacred, meaningful lives where goodness prevails. St. John's Gospel is leading us in a direction. In chapter 4, it addresses this struggle as Jesus encounters the woman of Samaria at the well. In that account, the woman says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. That conversation, as we know, leads to Jesus exclaiming that he, the God of heaven and earth, comes to her. Our gospel appointed for our reflection this morning provides the bread of life discourse where Jesus is emphasizing that he is God who comes down from heaven. This is nestled in a discussion on the reigning of manna in the wilderness. Jesus is the bread of life. The imagery that is given is that just as manna rained down from heaven to feed God's people in the wilderness, Jesus rains down upon you and me, giving life and opening up heaven. This confounds the Jews listening, particularly Jesus' words, I am the bread that came down from heaven. All they could see was his earthly heritage, that he hailed from Nazareth, that he was in the flesh. This is often the problem with accepting holiness and wisdom. He looks like us. He talks like us. How can he be God? What people are really saying is that heavenly holiness and transcendent wisdom must look otherworldly. It is the age-old problem seen in Greek mythology and other religions that deities are difficult to attain and they are frightening to behold. But now today... Our modern world has taken a new turn to all of this. Instead of trying to reach up to Parnassus or Olympus, secular humanism has concluded that there is no heaven and there is no God. There is no heavenly realm for humanity to ascend. They believe we are buffered and trapped in our circumstances. We must affect change, and there is no ultimate truth, only context. To the secular world today, it is not only that there is no ascent to attain higher truth and hope, but there is no descent of God or holiness to give sense and relief to our lives today. In reflection, it is difficult to determine which is worse. Having unconcerned and unmerciful deities locked up in some form of paradise or to be 
trapped on earth with no divine penetration of love and rescue. Perhaps it is easier to conclude that there is no cost or repercussion to one's sin and failings. In the end, everything just blows away like dust in the wind. In our gospel, Jesus is teaching the world that Yahweh comes down from heaven to refresh and bring hope. Our souls will no longer thirst. It is reminiscent of Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For the Jewish contingent, listening in, it was tough to see the divine in someone who looked just like them. Yet it is the mercy of our Savior to break into our world and sit with us where we are. Christians struggle with this dynamic. How often have people struggled to approach church, scripture, and sacraments because of their sin? There's something in the human psyche that says, that tells us, we must get ourselves right, straighten up, and then we can approach Jesus. The focus is so often on our ascent. The trouble is, many people never return to church, being forever distanced from the sacramental gifts which bring divine mercy and hope. A hidden issue in this is that the human being is not content to have Jesus' holy presence come down in the middle of one's messy life. People often believe that holiness cannot come into what is common and sit right in the midst of chaos. So we think we must get our house in order first. How can Jesus, who looks so common come into our chaotic world and give heaven's holiness to this broken world. But this is precisely what Jesus is teaching us today in John's gospel. Jesus comes looking like us. He walks into a broken world and sits right down with tax collectors and sinners and those who are sick as we watch the gospel unfold, we will see the evil and chaos of the world impress its darkness upon Jesus and the cross, bloody and hanging with a criminal on each side of him, 
the casual observer would think Jesus to be nothing but another victim from the world's chaotic evil. But this is the way of Jesus, to come to you as you sit in the midst of your struggles with holiness, with sickness, with a world gone wrong. He descends to you, providing an altar for you to approach. The chancel is the church's little hill where Jesus comes to forgive in the present. The Savior, who sits on heaven's throne, comes to declare to you that you are, in fact, loved, forgiven, and holy. In the midst of humanity's desires to find the source of wisdom and goodness, Jesus is that living stream, the bread of heaven, where you eat and drink and are filled with holy, divine teachings. As you eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, you sip a divine stream of wisdom that has a life of eternal hope. In the holy name of Jesus.